We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday... Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of someone calling into Sports Talk Radio. Yeah, this is Flo, long-time caller, first time on air. I just wanted to say that I think it is absolute hogwash not to go out there and try Progressive's Name Your Price tool. You can see all your coverage options, and options are how you get rings, championship rings, and parades of rings. Finding options to fit your budget with the Name Your Price tool, only at Progressive.com. You know, not for nothing, but my favorite rings have candy on them. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by Mondogold.com, your premier destination for daily fantasy soccer. Head over to Mondogold.com and enter code ROTO for a 200% bonus on your first deposit. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by Mondogold. 
I am your usual host, Mike Gottlieb, with Andrew Laird, our fantasy expert at rotowire.com slash soccer. Andrew, happy Friday. We have a game today. We sure do. This is fun. I know. And we, and we got to preview the whole weekend, but let's get right to the game today. Uh, the, no, no shenanigans before the news or any of the predictions that we're going to make. Uh, Aston Villa, as famously said by Arlo White, the party poopers. At home against Manchester United. Manchester United playing the early game two weeks in a row. Uh, First of all, any kind of impact playing this Friday game that the players aren't used to it, do you think? I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal, but it is a change. So you would think that both of them are kind of getting up for it for, you know, the first one of the season. I think they're only two this season, and then they're going to have a regular one next year. But I don't know. For the first one, I think you kind of get up for it and... You know, I always say that these are professional athletes. They should be, should be getting up for every game. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the Friday night lights at Villa Park. So yes, sir. <laughs> the Villa, exactly. The Villa, the Villa side, um, Michael Richards particularly, um, I've drafted him. I've, I, I've said that he has value. And last week he scored a whole bunch of points uh, with the clean sheet that Aston Villa put on Burnmouth. Do you see value in the Aston Villa defense even against Manchester United, a team that struggled offensively last week? Yeah, they definitely struggled, but I'm not sure I'm going to give Aston Villa the credit they probably think they deserve for the clean sheet performance at Burnmouth. I mean, Burnmouth had a, a few good opportunities, opportunities that um, Manchester United would, would kill them, kill Villa for. So I think this is still a little one-sided, even though it's at Villa Park. Um Wayne Rooney has some incredible record against Aston Villa. So, um, you know, when your best player has a, a good uh, history against a team you're playing, and I think they probably are better at every single position than Aston Villa. Uh, yeah, I'd say Rooney Gestead is a better header of the ball than anybody on Manchester United. <laughs> I think Fellaini would probably... Uh, That's a good point. ...maybe better, but he's probably not going to play enough yeah. to, to get there. But, um, I don't know, Sergio Romero is going to be in goal again. Uh, Daba De Gea is getting benched for a second consecutive game, so that maybe that's a little bit. Although Romero looked, he looked a little iffy in the opener, but he kind of settled down. And knowing that he's going to start now, I think you know that helps. And so I don't know. I I, I struggle to see Aston Villa making much of a a dent here. So you would st- would you start Romero? Would you start uh, like Luke Shaw or you know, uh, uh, Darmian? I was going to say Darmian would absolutely be a, a starter for me. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I would start anybody on the United side, and I'd really struggle to be convinced that anybody so, from Aston Villa was worth the start. Let me put it this way: Who would you feel more comfortable starting, Memphis Depay or Sergio Romero? That's a fun question. I know, right? That's why I asked it. <laughs> I might. Memphis looked a little uh, hesitant in the opener. He'd had that one long range shot that went well over the bar. Like he he has tremendous upside. Like, but the floor in a lot of formats, like Mondogol, is just not quite there yet. So I think they're still trying to figure out how to incorporate him. He, I think everybody's waiting to see some like great link up play with Wayne Rooney, and so I may pass on Memphis just given the other. Um, options that that we can get this week and i'm not sure you're going to get a a ton of better goalkeeper matchups than romero against aston villa so i'll take romero for this week sounds good we'll go on to the saturday slate we have the early game on saturday it's southampton at home against everton two teams coming off two two draws in week two 
Andrew, would you feel more comfortable? I'm going to say it again. Graziano Pele over the world, Romelo Lukaku. Excuse me. I'm going to take Pele just because I think Southampton's better than Everton. Like, I, it, it's as simple as that. Like, I, the way that Everton are playing right now, I still don't think that they're utilizing Lukaku as well as they can. Whereas Southampton is made to swing balls into the box for Pele to head in, which is exactly what he did last weekend. And so I think that um, Everton can find ways to score without um, without Lukaku, which, as we saw last weekend. I mean, I think he did he yeah, pick up an assist on uh, he did on yeah, Kone's on goal. Kone's goal. Kone, who was the highest added forward in FPL, um, which is just astonishing to me. <laughs> Well, but, everyone will be really disappointed when Kone's on the bench. Right. Um, so I, I like Pele. I've, I've kind of always liked Pele a little more than Lukaku. But uh, for this matchup, I, I still want to believe that the Southampton defense is, is strong. So I'll, I'll take Pele. Yeah. And uh, I, I, especially because of the pricings, um, you know, Ross Barkley and Sadio Mane, is there value there in Barkley? I think so. His issue is always playing time. I mean, he, he can go quiet for stretches which is what makes him really frustrating but we saw last weekend how quickly he can change a game and change a fantasy outcome so i he's he's great if he starts but i i like mane i could pretty much like southampton on on most sides of of any matchups with specific everton players this week and a lot of people have liked seamus coleman of everton in the, in the past especially now without Leighton baines on the other side is there any any reason to to have him yeah, I think he's a good player. I'm just not sure this is the match. You know, he, despite how good defenders are offensively, you still need clean sheet points to, to get real value out of them, and I don't think they have that. And certainly not this week at, at Southampton. Yeah, yeah, and on the Southampton side, um, it's. I think in this game, it's kind of tough to start any of the defensive options. Correct, even in the even the Southampton defense, which was so good last season. Yeah, I think they're still trying to figure out what what they're doing. Bertrand's still out, so uh, they started Matt Target there last week. There was kind of a little talk before the match because uh, Cuco Martina started the the Europa League match a few days earlier. And it was kind Great of, game, by the way. Yeah, they have. It, it appeared like they that Ronald Koeman hadn't figured out who was going to take that uh, left back spot, but Target got the start, and then um, Martina actually came on for Cedric at halftime because Cedric was on a yellow already, but he picked up his assist, which was nice. But so I'm not sure what the rotation is going to be. I I would assume that it's going to be Cedric and target and, you know, in Cedric uh, threw in, uh, I mean, that cross that he threw in was perfect on the Pele goal. And if that happens more often than not, meaning that he's throwing in crosses, then you could somewhat make the the case for him in in some like, you know, Peripheral stats, people. Right. Peripheral stats. But ultimately, I think they're just some better options this week. Yeah, and maybe one of those better options will be on uh, at White Hart Lane when Spurs take on Stoke. Uh, st- both playing very ugly games last weekend. Uh, Kyle Walker, can he? Is he? Especially in this matchup, of Stoke isn't exactly an offensive giant, or maybe they are with all those Barcelona players. <laughs> can he bounce back from the own goal? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he. I think he played well other than that own goal. We kind of talked about it on the Tuesday show, Tuesday show that, you know, a, that ball goes six inches to the left and it's like the defensive play of the year. So, you know, that's just kind of how it goes. We, you know, it's a horrible cliche of a game of inches, but 
I think he played pretty well. I think he'll continue to start over Kieran Trippier. So I I have no problem playing a Tottenham defender uh, this week. I think Danny Rose is still uh, still going to be out, so you, Ben Davies is likely to get the start again at, at left back. It's unclear what they're going to do at uh, the defensive midfield because they played Eric Dyer there last week. Ryan Mason was still coming back from an injury and talked about it briefly with uh, John Wallen over at Taga because he did a top 10 kind of offensive defenders list and he included Dyer on it because Dyer was moving up in the midfield and I had this argument with him that defensive midfield isn't isn't as valuable as a wing back so um, I think any I, I have no problem playing Tottenham defenders this week even though I usually hate Tottenham defenders yeah, that's true. I and any and what about uh, let's say on the Stoke side, Charlie Adam, Ibrahim Afalai, who looked pretty good against Liverpool, by the way. Yeah, he did. Yeah, they, I think it's going to take Stoke a few weeks to get all of these pieces working together. It's a lot of new players that are are going to need to play. Jordan Shakiri is going to be. I don't know if he's going to be available. I haven't checked the. Uh, it's kind of early on Friday <laughs> for us, but I think he's going to be, uh, you know, an excellent addition for them. I'm not sure. If people are waiting for him to come in with like some sort of double-digit goal and assist season, I don't think they're going to get that. But I, um, talking with John yesterday on one of his, on his show, I think he's going to fit basically right into that Victor Moses role that we saw last year with Stoke, and he was really good for a while until he got hurt. So I think Shakiri could be a nice addition. Um, Solomon Rondon, or we talked about Solomon Rondon, which we can get to in a little bit as, as the two kind of big name players that came in this week. Yeah. But, but just in general, Stoke up front, uh, it's, it's Mama Juf in the middle. Yep. Ibrahim Afalai, Jordan Shakiri. Where does Bojan fit in? Does he start going forward with yeah, those three? That's interesting. I, I, I'm not but, sure. Maybe they'll... when we were all celebrating Bojan coming back and now he may not even play. Yeah. It's uh he's still a few weeks away. At, um, Mark Hughes said from like really getting his match fitness up. So it's a good point. I'm not sure if, because he's not going to, he's not in a number 10 in that true sense. So. It's, it's something to be worried about, you know, if you're in a season long league and you have Boyan, I'd be very nervous. Yeah. Uh, actually, I with all, away from him. Yeah, with all, with all three of those guys, Afalai, Shakiri, and Boyan. I mean, that I, I'm not sure which two of those three start. Yeah. And if all three of them start, Shakiri's definitely going to start. I don't yeah, think well, there's any question about that. I mean, and Affleck looks like he's a definite starter. Yeah, it, yeah. it just means, you know, is Mama Juf's position in trouble because they may put Boyan in the middle or they, they may do something crazy. Yeah, I'd love uh, to see crazy. Yeah, right. Well, you know, maybe for another day. But, <laughs> you know, Sunderland are at home against Norwich. This game looks like it has 0-0 written all over it. Uh, Andrew, your thoughts on Sunderland at home who love to get clean sheets at home. Um, would you go the Pantillamon route here? Ooh. No, I no. The, Lester blasted them last weekend, and Lester has been blasting people for months now. But uh, Sunderland defensively is they they talk about looking lost. My gosh, I'm not sure this game is scoreless just because both defenses are not great, and they have decent attacking players. I mean, Jermaine Defoe looked pretty good. Uh, Nathan Redman, who came off the bench, I would expect him to get back in the starting lineup. Yeah, not bitter about that at all. Yeah, Ugh. my EFs, my EFs team had as many points on the bench as it did in the starting lineup, and I lost. 
was so mad. <laughs> so mad. I had so many goals on the bench. Yeah, Redmond, there's nothing more frustrating than having him not start and then score. Yeah. Yep. But, and then so you I think to... he's the best player fantasy-wise in this game. I 100% agree. I don't even think it's that close. Um, I mean, if someone's going to score, it's going to be him, Cameron Jerome on the Norwich side. And you got to think from Sunderland, it's going to be like Jermaine Lenz or Jermaine Defoe, the fighting Jermaines of yeah, Sunderland. Think, yeah, Lenz looks like a really exciting player. I think that's because of that. I think, I yeah, think the, the attacking the, the, players yeah. are much better than the defensive ones in this game. And when we were doing our rankings, I was trying to do the defenders and, and the goalies. And I'm like, there is not a good clean sheet game that I can just be like, yep. Put it on the board. Right. You know, it's just the middle of the Premier League is so good now. Uh, I, I it, the, the case is there's not, you know, there used to be the argument like is La Liga as strong as, you know, the Premier League because of how good the top two, three teams are. It's not close now because when you get to teams number 11 and 12 in the Premier League, they can go anywhere and score a goal. Anywhere. I mean, they'll Certainly still against up. other Premier League teams. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but uh, I mean, the, I mean, it's it. The league is so strong. Look at the players that are going there. I mean, these are players that could start on teams that are in Europa, teams that are in Champions League. They're not. They're they're choosing to go to England and play for Money's teams there. Where, that helps. Where the yeah, I know <laughs> it helps, but it, it that but because of the money that's in the league, it's making it harder, especially for uh, for. Uh, the purpose of predicting clean sheets, which yeah. I was also saying at the beginning of the season, that it's yeah. just impossible to predict. Yeah. And this game is one of them. Like you would think, oh, Norwich, a team that doesn't have too much offense, going to Sunderland. Like, no, you have you have no idea. You have no idea. Yeah, I think it all comes down to the the clubs that aren't you know the top clubs, are, and actually, frankly, it's a problem for some of them. But attacks are much stronger than defenses, and so. Which makes for great television. Yeah, I mean, exactly. But, I mean, this Sunderland, you know, can put points on the board. They did. They scored twice last week, which was more than most clubs. But they They lost. scored twice in garbage time. Right, I mean, they were they were already strong. They were already losing by a lot. But but you lose your clean sheet, you know. That's true. If you, if you started Casper Schmeichel and you're up sitting as up 3 nothing, you're thinking, this is great. And then all of a sudden he gives up two. You don't even get that one as, goal allowed bonus. As you always say... They all count. Yes, right. That's they right. all count. Okay. Swansea at home, going, going home after a tremendous performance at Chelsea on opening day. Um, at home against Newcastle, who also had a good performance against, uh, against uh, Southampton. So I had two teams again in week two coming off two two draws. This is, this is the second example of that. Yeah. Um, lots of twos. Now – Swansea week. I mean, I was I was all aboard the Andre Ayew train before it, it got started last week, and then you were all over the uh, Wijnaldum train on Newcastle before that even started last week. So, between those two midfielders, I and mean, who do you think for for this week has the better week and also is the better prospect for the whole season? I think they're pretty even for the season. Actually, I'd, I'd like to see a little more of Wijnaldum. Um, the what's weird about this game is that if you were if you looked at these games at this matchup before last week's game you'd be like oh i'll go heavy on the swansea defense newcastle are a mess and they totally turned that around last week against a, a very good side so yeah I'm, even gabriel Oberton looked, looked great he looked great like yeah good player, Cisse yeah. Looked, i mean they, they all looked really good mitrovich didn't even start i mean so newcastle looks much better than they 
they did at the beginning of last season. But yeah, I think when Alden and, and IU are going to end up kind of around this next to each other in season long formats. And this weekend, I'll probably um, I would stick with IU just because they're at home mm-hmm. and just I, not that when all of them can't do anything on the road, but I, I just, that's the only edge that I can give one to the other. Yeah. Both, both are solid. I think. Do you um, think Swansea finishes that game two, two, if Courtois doesn't get sent off? Like they, if were, that was play, a, they were playing well before they went up a man. Yeah. I, I guess. I mean, Gomi has to learn the offside rule a little bit, but I mean, other yeah. than that, I mean, they, they were threatening the whole entire game. Yeah. I and kind of were, wonder if all of that changed, meaning like if the foul was, two feet outside of the box and it, that was actually a free kick and not a, you know, and he didn't get sent because, and Cahill was further back. So he didn't get sent off. Like, I wonder if 11 on 11, that game goes two, two or not. I mean, or, or does it go three, two to Chelsea? You know, like there's, there's all sorts of things that, you know, if this, if this, if this, yeah. I mean, Ivanovich had a clear header in the box, which he skied over the, over the bar. Yeah. When he's on form, he doesn't do that. He puts it in. I also still think I mean, we'll get to we'll get to Chelsea. Okay. We'll get to Chelsea. Okay. I have my thoughts there, but we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll 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 get to Chelsea in a minute. Let's let's go to Watford. I know just as sexy Watford against West Brom. This game has ugly written all over it. Um, Watford, they looked great. I think they were they looked the best among the three promoted sides last week. For sure. Even though they had you know seven new players starting, or six new players starting, mm-hmm. and a new manager in Kiko Flores. West Brom or West Brom, I mean, you never know. They could let up three or they can let up zero. It's yeah. very rare they only let up one. <laughs> right. um, it's it's a tough proposition here. I mean, Watford have those bully uh, has a bull, you know those two bullies up front. I mean, the Ikalu when he comes in, and Dini, who you're probably going to start. I think he's the captain. So, I mean, West Brom they they like the physical game, but so does Watford. Uh, I mean, which way would you go here? Because a lot of people want to go the West Brom defense and goalkeeper with the Tony Pulis managing bonus. Yep. But can you do that here safely on the road against Watford, who are playing their first Premier League game at home in a while? I'm going to stay away from the West Brom defense. The only thing that I got from that Man City game, because there was, I would say there was a little hesitation in starting the Man City attack against Pulis at home. That being said, I didn't. it didn't stop me from playing them. And that worked out okay, although I picked pretty much everybody but Yaya Torre. Um, so, by the way, he should not have gotten that first goal. He, that, that's did you hear what happened to it? What he didn't get it. The dubious goal committee finally came back and issued it to. They issued it to David Silva, but there as they are should no, have. There are no changes for fantasy purposes. I know, and I my my EFSA team got screwed by that. Kind of right. I was gonna say, Yaya Torre owners are are uh, celebrating Silva owners not so much. I thought what's funny is it was very clear that Silva touched the ball. I mean, he like celebrated and then I don't know why he decided to hold back as, on any sort of celebration, but anyway. So as clear as the sun rises in the east and sets <laughs> in the west. So what I learned from that game and only that game is that Man City are much better than West Brom. That, that was it. Like you looked at that game and you said, Stop yes, this team is much presses. better. Stop the presses. Right. Andrew Laird just went out on a limb. Right. And so so it's not that I learned that West Brom is bad defensively. It's just that Man City are much better. And so going into this game, you know, th- I th- I still think West Brom can be good defensively. And w- Watford is not Man City. So I'm not going to be surprised at all if this one is scoreless. I, I don't 
I don't think West Brom has a ton of goals in them. We I kind of said earlier on this Solomon Rondon, who's now going by Jose apparently, is a great addition for them because he's a, a very good player, but they just don't want to score. Like they're not built to. Which is, I think does that spell the end of Sato Barahino's time? It has to. Right? It has to. You have to think that he's Tottenham bound now. It, there's no reason to have the two of them and Lambert for four yeah. months until January. Yeah. Is there? I mean, uh, I, I I don't. I wouldn't know why. Yeah. And then you have a need to be on the bench. Yeah. And Brown. And Brownie Day. Transfer happened. Which story about which transfer? Uh, Rondon's transfer. I did not. <laughs> so apparently. Tony Pulis called up AVB and was asking if he had any players that he that Pulis should be looking at, which is in its own right a little silly. Like who? Hey, who's good on your team? Right. Well, it was more like who would have pegged them to be like friendly enough to have that conversation. So AVB said that um, due to some new Russian law, he had to get rid of a foreign player, and said you should take Rondon because he wasn't going to get rid of Hulk, and. Pulis was like, great, I'll take him. And he did. <laughs> and like it was as simple as that. And that AVB has apparently been a little as outspoken as you can be in Russia about how he doesn't like this new law that requires, I guess, I assume it's a cap on foreign players as opposed to a, a, a floor on. It's a, real, it's a real friendly environment there. <laughs> right. So Not awkward at all for any of the non-Russians that are playing there. Yeah. So it sounds like it didn't. It's not that Rondon was looking to leave. Uh, Zenit wasn't looking to get rid of him, but they basically had to, and Pulis just happened to call at the right time, and that was it. Like I think Rondon, the clubs would have lined up for him if people knew he, if they knew he was available, <laughs> but nobody knew except Pulis made this phone call to AVB, and, and that's how it ends. So I think he's definitely going to start at some point. He probably should start over Barahino. If in this, you know, because Pulis just doesn't like Barahino much. So, yeah. so yes, I think it does. And I'm staying away from Troy Dean Igalo this weekend. Yeah, I'm not. But we'll get to that in a second when we get to our final <laughs> goal daily dose. Now, West Ham are at home against Leicester. Who? Let's uh, so let, let's get let's first get to the West Ham side because I know that we're gonna have on the, we're gonna be on the opposite side of Leicester. I just know it. So, West Ham first of all, who maybe just. Who may be going after Emmanuel Adebayor now? I was going to say I just got two alerts just, on my phone. That <laughs> I just got I just got one as well. Man, it's like we subscribe to the same stuff. Yeah, weird. Um, it's it's very interesting to me that West Ham are going after yet another forward when they have a stable of forwards that already get injured enough. And I mean, it's not like Emmanuel Adebayor has been a pillar of health throughout his career. Right. So. I mean, has what, healthy being on the bench the last two years. Yeah, exactly. It, it's like it's Sam Allardyce is somehow the general manager because all he wants is big strikers that get hurt. Yeah, and Adebayor isn't even much of a heading big striker. No, he's just a skinny finisher. Yeah, uh, it, it, look, I mean, I mean Enter Valencia is out for a little bit. Yeah, but it, it, it's it's, it's because West, it's cheaper. But I don't know how you could look at yeah. Emmanuel Adebayor and Charlie Austin and take Adebayor. It's like I, I have to look. I look at West Ham and I go, "Are they good?" Because I don't know. Dimitri Payet is very good. But other than that, are they good? <laughs> I don't know. It's a great exactly. Question. Exactly. They have a sixteen-year-old starting as a holding midfielder. That worries me a little bit. Yeah, and he got a clean sheet against Arsenal. Yeah, you know, he probably wasn't old enough to remember when Arsenal were good. <laughs> oh. 
All right. Lester, let's uh, start them you, all. You're, you're saying start them all. I don't see why you wouldn't. I'll put it that way. Yeah. What's the argument in not starting Mares, Vardy, and Albrighton? Mares is the only one that I would say is worthy of start. It's startable. I'm not, I'm just not big on the Leicester offense. I, I, when they play, I mean, because they I, score too much. Exactly. It's because, it's because they produce against terrible teams way too much. And you just said you weren't sure if West Ham was good. I know, but they still shut out Arsenal. <laughs> they sit back. If they, I mean, if they do the same thing that they did against Arsenal, I think that they'll be just fine. Uh, I mean, maybe they'll let up one, but I don't think they're going to let up three or four, for example. And if you're, and if you're thinking to start all, you know, like all Brighton, Vardy, and Mares, and they're, and if, it, I mean, how many goals do you think they would score to, uh, this week? This is the way I'm going to break it down. I think they could score two or three. I'm, yeah, I'm waiting for them they, to they not can, score. Two they or can three. score. They can score a bunch. So you, so basically, you're writing this. You're uh, what do they call it in baseball? Juicing the orange here. I, I would like to see them get shut down before I shut them down. Like I'd, uh, yeah, that's how I'll put it. Yeah. Uh, if, I, if they're going to get shut down, it's not going to be against West Ham. That's how I look at it. Like I'll wait for them. I, I don't know. They're fixture list up but i'll wait till they're playing at chelsea or at man city to all say right. maybe i will not. take i will take i will take uh let's say the over under is two for goals that lester scores this weekend i take the under i think it could be two i said so two is the over under are you taking the over or the under i'm not the, or are you calling for the are you calling exactly two yeah i think it will be two so i get over and under and you get two <laughs> Is that, that that's what you're saying? I'm not sure that's how bets work, but I believe they will score multiple goals, and it will not be more than three. <laughs> oh God, I can't get you to take a side. That's that's as firmly straddling the fence as you can possibly uh, possibly do it. Well, I'm, anyway. I'm taking the side that I don't think West Ham's keeping them out. You you don't think they're going to score at all? I think if they score, they score one. Okay. So on the road against West Ham, I think West, I think West Ham is going to do what they do. They're going to play. They're going to get sit back, play defensively, and go on the counter. Because if Leicester commit the number, we don't four, know that this is what they do. We've seen uh, one game under Billick. We don't. Well, well, I guess we'll see. I'm going to go. I was. I went down with the West Ham ship last year. I'm going to go <laughs> down them again this week. Fair enough. But, all right. The team that West Ham shut out, Arsenal, go on the road, which is probably a blessing for them because they Ugh. are probably very humiliated. Ugh. Uh, they're on the road against possibly the team you really don't want to play. So this is another London derby for them, going to South London to play Crystal Palace, who are flying high, as Eagles tend to do. <laughs> hey, you know, they write the, the script writes itself sometimes. Um, is Glenn Murray still going to start for Crystal Palace? I think so. I don't think he did anything oh. that, that warranted getting benched. Ugh, it's so frustrating. Even if Connor Wickham started, I'd be more excited. Yeah. And I and I and you Bamford know didn't I want get Bam- off the bench last week. Yeah, right? I know, and you know I want Bamford to play. Yeah. But he's not going to. It's just he had a little bit of an injury knock or ankle knock. Excuse me. So maybe still, that contributed to it. Whatever. It's still disappointing. Uh, so among the midfield options, I mean, if your name's not Alexis Sanchez, you know who's your top-rated midfielder for this game? Hmm. That's a great question too. I'll say Ozil. Oh my goodness! I don't know how you can go away. I from, think go go away from one of the Palace options, especially if Belasa plays. I think Arsenal wins this one. You think Arsenal win? Of course you do. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a draw. I think it's a draw. I think it's one-one. 
Uh, I don't think it's going to be very high scoring because I think both teams are going to be like, all right, uh, you know. I'm not sure Crystal Palace knows how to not let up goals. Well, I think they'll let up goal, but not goals. Goals, (laughs) fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, Arsenal have a problem of trying to pass the ball in the net. Yeah. So it's... Speaking of Ozil. Exactly. So, I mean, in Arsenal, you think it's going to be Giroud again starting up front? God, I hope not, but... I hope not. I, I'm not going to pick. Thankfully, it's the first game, so we'll know who's starting before it is, but they yeah. have to get Walcott in this game. I feel start. like Theo Walcott, as a forward, you have to be winning or tied. You can't be behind. You can't be losing if he's the striker, because when you, especially when you're behind, you need to have plan A and plan B available because mm-hmm. you're going to be just putting up numbers wherever you can get them, and a lot of times that's on the flank. So when you're trying to whip balls in with crosses and Theo Walcott's your center forward, good luck. No, I think I think he has to start. I think they'll start when they're not losing yet. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. And, yeah, and, then, and then Giroud gives you the flexibility later on. Yes. Yeah. They, oh, yeah. I don't think they can start both of them. I think that's. Yeah, I don't think they can do that. Uh, there was a point last week where Giroud threw in like two or three crosses. And one of which just went through the box like completely untouched. Like there was no Arsenal player in the box, and either the the two reactions you that you could have had in this instance were why was there nobody in the box or why is Giroud on the wing throwing in crosses that like they if somebody's throwing in a cross on Arsenal it's to Giroud in the box and <laughs> like there's no reason for him to be out there. And I'm assuming you start zero defenders and goalkeepers from this matchup. If there was a if the price was right on an Arsenal defender, I would consider it. But I'm I'm not starting Czech or yeah, certainly none of the Palace options. All right, no. let's let, let's get to the marquee game of the weekend. It's Sunday. It's a, it's the Sunday uh, eleven o'clock game. Manchester City at home against Chelsea. There is a very real possibility that Chelsea start this campaign with only one point in two games. Yeah, it is, and it's. It's frustrating for me because, of course, being a Chelsea supporter, and when you see Man City get off to a good start, that's the last thing you probably want is Man City with the confidence that they, you know, that, that, that they're the best team in the league to start the season. Because yep. last season, they, it was such a not, not a disaster, it just they kind of fell apart. And if Yaya Torre is up to his best, and this is a team that hasn't even had Sergio Aguero really start yep. yet. And, it, I mean, is Sergio Aguero going to be in this game? He'll play. There's still sort of this question if he's – or there's not a question. He and Manuel Pellegrini have both said he's not 100% yet because he was late to preseason training after Copa America. So I said before this podcast that uh, 5% Aguero is better than most players in this league. So I would start him. I think there's there's more value in having him start and getting out to a lead and then pulling him than – bringing him on late for anything that being said you you have to imagine that Mourinho parks this bus right i honestly With don't know. Goal. i honestly don't know Beg- oh, the reason why they signed begovic is for this reason so that he you know that yeah. they, for some reason they love high-priced backup goalkeepers which to me is insane yeah if this it's was a money. salary if they, exactly if this was a salary cap league it'd be one of the dumbest decisions <laughs> in a salary cap league you can possibly right. have but 
it's it's not, and this is why they this is why they have a good backup goalkeeper in case yeah. Thibaut Courtois goes down. Yeah, I mean he's not yeah. terrible. It's not like Asper Begovic is yeah. a starting goalkeeper. I think at twenty at least twenty. Um, I'm sorry, at least eighteen other clubs sure. uh, at the Premier League. You know, it, it's maybe you okay? Would you, Southampton could really use him. <laughs> I mean, but, but like, I'm going to say the top team. Could he start over Mignolet? You think or no? Like, I think he's in the Mignolet range. Yeah, and he's probably I'm not sure he the, starts the, over Lloris. Or check. Well, check was the one I wore. That's the check was the reason why I said eighteen, not nineteen. Yeah. Um, it, 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 he's 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 in that class, is what I'm saying. Yes. And it, it's clearly not starting over Butland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows your love affair with Jack Butland so much that you didn't even mention him in the Spurs Stoke matchup when we talked about no. it. So fear uh, of Harry Kane. Exactly. Uh, Manchester City, though the Yaya Torre, the score of one point five goals, I guess. <laughs> Unbelievable, um, but I mean for Chelsea, man, man, Manchester, Manchester City to put Raheem Sterling on one side and Jesus Navas on the other side. I know it's not their traditional lineup, but wingers with speed kill Chelsea. Yeah, kill them. They, they I mean, as, as Pilaqueta can't run with anybody, especially because he's on the wrong side. His, it's not his dominant foot side. Yeah, he's lucky and, that he's well. He's sorry. Just the opposite. I was going to say Sterling against Ivanovic is... Oof. Well, what I'm saying, though, is it doesn't matter what side either one of those two are on. Yeah. But Azpilicueta has problems one-on-one particularly because uh, he he's not the world's quickest defender and he's playing on the wrong side. His yeah. dominant foot is on the wrong side. And also, on the other That's side... That's a funny way to put it. His dominant foot is on the wrong side. <laughs> exactly. And... <laughs> I'll just... Bear with me. Yep. Then uh, Bratislav Ivanovic. I mean, if I had to see one more highlight of Jefferson Montero running, <laughs> Bratislav Ivanovic, as if he's not even there, and then Ivanovic just kind of chasing back with his mean look on his face, like, "Oh my God, I can't believe I got beat again." Yeah, and it's 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 just embarrassing that everyone can see it, but Jose Mourinho that Bratislav Ivanovic is not a fullback. He's not a right back. In fact, I don't even know if Aspilicueta is a right back anymore because it's. So do it, you think that he switches the lineup up? No. Really? <laughs> Jose Mourinho and switching up lineups don't exactly go together. Yeah. It's going to be the same eleven that it was last week. The the only thought that I that might happen because of Sterling on the outside against Ivanovic is moving Oscar out. And putting Willian in the middle and Ramirez out on the wing, that could happen. But uh, like that makes sense, right? It, sense doesn't usually matter in these things, but like that makes sense, right? I think the person you would take out in that instance would be Fabregas, but that's just me. Because I mean, I, because that's a holding midfielder that can't protect the the back four, right? But he okay. That's so instead of going four one, you think he's more, he's not more likely to take Fabregas out than Oscar? He's not. Right? He's not. Uh, Even though Oscar played. Amazing last week. I know, and especially because he's on all my fancy teams. It's good. that's what's going to happen. Oscar's going to get benched. Yeah, and or Willian, one of the two. One of those two will likely get benched. But Willian at least helps cover Ivanovic a little bit on the wing. I, I mean, that's why he plays because he. Yeah, because I mean, he but gets it, back. That, that, that's exactly what I. That's why I would say if you take Fabregas out, yeah. because then you'd have two people there. Yep. You'd have Ramirez and you'd have Willian. Yeah. Well, so it's yeah. Okay. So I mean, that's what I would. First of all, you know my theory on Ramirez. He's the best right back on Chelsea. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I mean, no if it was one, up to you, it would be Ramirez at right back and 
Zuma next to Matic. Look, it works. God, that would be awesome. Right? There is no chance that that wouldn't win games. No chance. A lot I think of they're games. still trying to figure out how to get Zuma. To, like yeah, I think Zuma, he's... yeah, yeah, because you know where Zuma played last week and when he came in, left back, because he was an upgrade in speed over yeah. It's it's it, it's it, it's, unbe- it's unbelievable how like, no one sees that the Chelsea back four is not this impenetrable force. It's just because they sit really far back and they dare you to beat them. Yeah. I mean, the back four has been hidden by the tactics. It's not a great back four, to be honest. Terry yeah. and Cahill are pretty good. They defensively, they're it, the, the defensively separation between they're very, those two and the fullbacks is kind of comical. Defensively, they're very committed. I, I mean, they—they they, oh, they, nice. I like that. They're very. They throw themselves in front of ball. We, yeah. The reason why they look so good defensively is because they've already gotten beat, and they come back and they just commit themselves to a, you know blocking a shot or getting a tackle. Uh, there's skill involved in that, I understand, but they get beat a lot. Yep. So it's you know I'm not saying I, I mean I'm just not impressed. It's and growing. I think yeah. Oh man, I, I mean I would say Man City three Chelsea. Oh. Wow. Especially at Man City, I think this has this has this is a nightmare for Chelsea. They, this is the last the last team they want to play right now in this in the way that they've played. Mm-hmm. Just hope nobody gets hurt. Yeah, maybe Sergio Aguero comes on too early. Who knows? No, I meant for Chelsea. Yeah, whatever. What Diego happens, Costa. Like, who's taking over for that that physio role? Does Mourinho just go out there and spray the the injury? Everyone's replaceable, Andrew. Everyone <laughs> is replaceable. We're going to find out. All right. Monday Night Football. Liverpool at home against Burnmouth. Uh, Liverpool. I mean, Timo Mignolet may be well on track for uh, 38 clean sheets, huh? Sure. He is on track for it, yes. <laughs> Uh, do, do you, I mean, this is the only game that I've said that, oh, this looks like a mismatch defensively. I mean, yes. I load up on Liverpool. And that's the problem. Because it's the only one? Well, it's just that you should never confidently start any Liverpool defender. I guess well, Nathaniel but, Klein now puts that puts that away. But like, Especially because they're going back four now instead of back three last season. Right. But, like, when I, I tweeted this, too, when I put our rankings up, we all ranked Mignolet first. And it's like, there's... Zero percent chance. No, should, Zero nobody should chance. ever be comfortable with Simone Mignolet as their top keeper. Ugh, I don't know how he's still starting there, but so uh, the way things are going, because uh, you've now sele- you selected Tim Howard as your number two goalkeeper last week uh, on for a team that what you were very uncomfortable with, a team you're very uncomfortable with defensively. This week you're going number one with another team that you're very uncomfortable with defensively. This is exactly what I'm talking about in the preseason. That investing in goalkeepers and defense is just Silly. Thankfully, Tottenham plays at Leicester next week, so I won't take Hugo Lloris next week. <laughs> what would the world be coming to? Yeah, really. All right, but uh, Liverpool offensively. Love them uh, all. They, they really struggled to get going last uh, last week. Yeah. Uh, is it just, you know, they need time? or yes, is it I, just, think, that, I think that's exactly what it is. I okay, think that, time and opponent? Yeah, the problem is that they, so they need Benteke to be great. He got no service. And they don't know oh, how to serve him. I'd say last week, no one gave him the ball in any sort of way that would be threatening. Yeah, it seems like they just have a inability to know where the ball should go when it's crossed into the box, which is such a solid just blind indication crossing. of <laughs> why maybe buying Benteke wasn't the best. Like, that's how he scores his goals, usually, is... 
you throw a ball in the box, he jumps higher than everybody else, and he places it perfectly with power, with his head. Like, that's... Like Rudy Gestad. Exactly. Well, yeah, the perfect replacement. <laughs> but they don't they don't know how to feed him there. So, I mean, I'm not saying he can't score with his feet, because we've seen him... He, he has a thunderous things. right foot. Right. But it's not... It's it's a it's a solo effort kind of when he scores like that. It you know, somebody will get an assist, but like he he's not gonna be, you know, tapping balls in like Olivier Giroux does from three yards out. Um and he's not, not often at least. Not right. unless it's on a corner. Well on the corner you think he would head it. Yeah, like, I'm just saying it's, it has to be that kind of situation where he's gonna be tapping it in. Right. So it's right. not gonna like outrun everybody either. Right. So I think they so I Liverpool can be very good with him. But they need to figure out how to how to use him right, and I don't think they have yet. That being said, playing home against Burnmouth, it's a good way to figure it out, right? <laughs> right. Would you start the offensive options at least, like Matt Ritchie, who we all were so so high on in the yeah. preseason? Callum Wilson had a fantastic opportunity last week that he just fluffed, and yep. we said on the Tuesday podcast that like the. That's the difference in the Premier League is that when you have these opportunities, you have to capitalize or else you're going to lose, and that's exactly what happened to him. I'm going to pardon the expression, but you only get one bite at the cherry. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, you are in mid-season form. So the plus side for Burnmouth is that we've always hated the Liverpool defense. Um, but because I ranked I, – I feel like I'm stuck in this st- ranking. you got to stand by your man. Right, which is so stupid because I did the exact opposite with – the Yaya Torre talk that now I'm like totally regretting where I ranked him all season for the season long. But because I ranked the Liverpool defense so high, so highly, I, I now had to not rank Wilson and Richie. Uh, right, Cause those are two, those are the only two that I would really consider from, from Burnmouth. All right. Let's put our money where our mouth is now. Yeah. Uh, what Mondo goal game are we doing this week? We're going to do their, we're going to try to help people win. Ten thousand pounds. Ten, well, two thousand I think goes to the to the top spot. But there's ten, yeah, there's we're doing 10, the ten thousand pounds. There's, there's ten thousand silver uh, sterling pounds. Pounds sterling. Pounds sterling. Yep. Pounds sterling yep. available for this contest here. Yep. And it starts with the later games on Saturday. Well, not the later games. It starts with the no Friday. No Friday and no no Saturday seven forty five. No no Manchester United. That's right. Aston uh, Villa and no Southampton Everton. Yes, correct. So you, you, you don't even have the opportunity to take Everton's disappointing defense. Yeah, thank God. There are 5,500 slots at a two-pound entry fee, and there are only 996 taken right now. So go get it. These 2,000 pounds won't dispense themselves to That's you. That's right. That's right. You've got to do some of the work yourself, and it's <laughs> super easy, and you also have the ability to take the lineup that you put into this game and then with one, two, three, four, five clicks, enter into two, three, four, five different contests. That's right. <laughs> Pretty convenient. Now. A little too convenient. <laughs> I don't think there's such a thing. Fair enough. Now, with, uh, I mean, I'm assuming you went three, four, three. I did, yeah. The, the, for a brief second, I considered a three, five, two, and then I pulled out. So, back four. So, back three plus the goalkeeper, who you got? I went with the Loctite Liverpool defense here. <laughs> Man, you're really committed. You're pot committed. I'm all in. I'm all in. And the worst thing is I have to wait till Monday to see them blow it all up. But I went with Mignolet at 8.3 pounds, 
Joe Gomez at 6.6. He picked up an assist on Coutinho's goal last week, which is one of those ridiculous instances of last touch before a goal because he did nothing to set that one up. Um, I took Nathaniel Klein at 7.4, hoping that he can link up with uh, Benteke. And then I currently have, this is how bad it's gotten, I currently have 6.3 invested into Ben Davies, who I believe will start in uh, Danny Rose's spot. So I've now committed myself to a dual Liverpool-Tottenham defense. I should just turn my computer off. I can't believe I'm doing this. That sounds absolutely insane. (laughs) With that said, my most expensive defender is Joe Gomez at 6.6. There you go. (laughs) Um, So so I have the back three. uh, uh, Joe Gomez at 6.6. I went Frank Tabanu at 6.2. Hope he starts. Yeah, well, if he doesn't start, there's plenty of options. Yep. Uh, that's that's kind of the the way that I went about this. I mean, they, there's so many good players with uh, that cost so little, and you know, stay tuned to how much money I have left over after um, after I describe my team. But you know, even Gary Cahill is six point two. If I need to, you know, make a real or Daryl Yanmot six point one for a straight swap. So that price range is filled with with value. Frank yeah, Yanmot's really cheap. Yeah, so uh, Frank Tabanu, and then I have Carl Jenkinson at five point seven million pounds. So I'm doubling up on my thought that West Ham's going to keep Leicester yeah, yeah. out. <laughs> so, and I have Hugo Lloris in goal because he's only five point nine million pounds. Mm. It's just it's he's cheap and yeah. he starts and Good he gets luck. saves. Hey, look, he may get it, it may work out, it may not. Oh, yeah. If there's ever a chance that Tottenham's going to shut somebody out, it's getting yeah. Stoke at home, right? Yeah. yeah. So. You know, the, that, that, that's my reasoning there. And hey, look, it's 5.9 million pounds. I, I have the money to get, spend elsewhere if I need to. Yeah. All right, midfield, <laughs> which I have plenty of money. Right. <laughs> uh, Nathan Redmond, 6.5 million pounds. I have Andre Ayew at 12.6 million pounds. God, I loved how Ayew was playing last week. Uh, Philippe Coutinho at 12.6 million pounds, a player who I absolutely cannot stand. Yeah, really. But we'll start him anyway. <laughs> Um, and Oscar at nine point four million pounds, hoping he starts. Oscar, that's interesting. Yeah, only because he's taking free kicks and corners. Yeah, that certainly helps. That 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 will get his assist count up and maybe some goals because he obviously can put one in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he had I mean, last week against Swansea. He had a couple of just blistering deliveries from uh, from free kicks. One of them landed in the six yard box and no one touched it. Yeah, that was weird. Like How there was just, there was just in. no one that, that, that that's the one that went in. There was another one that didn't go in Uh-oh. and just landed in the six yard box and kept going because no one was there. Yeah, and it's, I mean the goalie didn't touch it. It was just it was unbelievable. It was just his deliveries were on point. Yeah, and, and I really think he good. should he should continue to do it anyway. Those are my four midfielders. Who you got? I've got um, five million on Johan Kabai. Ooh, that's good. Which. I didn't even know about. I didn't scroll that deep. I'll be honest. I stole that one from Nick Pittner's Mondo Goal article this week because I wouldn't have scrolled to 5.0 looking for anybody, let alone Yoan Kabai. So that's that's unbelievable. So I think he's going to be really highly owned just because that's too cheap for a guy who starts in a Crystal Palace defense. Midfield. I mean, yeah. excuse me, midfield. I currently have 6.5 on Nathan Redman, but based on the salary I have left, he could just as easily turn into Matt Ritchie or Wilfried Zaha. Zaha is only 6.7, but I've already kind of said that I don't necessarily, I definitely don't want two Crystal Palace midfielders. So 
Um, yeah, I was about to, say, about to say, that'd be really antithetical to what you said about how exactly, Cole's exactly. Gonna... So I'll probably stick with Redman. Hopefully he starts because it's absurd if he doesn't. But at Sunderland, is that's where you want to start guys like right. that. I paid 14 3 for Dimitri Payet. Because, that's a big price to pay. Yep, yep. sure is. Um, but I had some savings elsewhere. And then I paid 16 7 for Eden Hazard. Yeah, I, I thought about it. Which I may switch to David Silva. I think if Hazard wasn't the highest priced guy, I wouldn't have been like one of those that he, not that he's not a fantastic player, but like, I feel like I'm getting a little more because I'm paying for more, which is such a stupid way to think. Um, David Silva just looked so good last week that he's the only one that I would really consider switching out. Like because uh, Hazard's the most expensive player I can replace, I can substitute anybody else in. Yeah. But I think Silva's the only one that I'm really considering. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's, a solid, that's a solid reasoning. So let's get to your front three. Uh, 7.5 for Benteke. That's an absolute must. I have him too. Yeah. The, that's, that's, too, that's too low. Yeah. Yep. Um, I paid 10.3 for Alexis Sanchez. I did as well. I think he's going to start. And then I paid 10.6 for Harry Kane. Yeah, I went down to 9.6 for Diego Costa. That's my only wow. change from yours. Yeah, that's, that's pretty always been very cheap. Yeah. Well, it's because he doesn't. I mean, it, it, I, look, he's a goal every other. He's a goal every other game, oh, no, yeah. no matter who it is. Yeah. So, um, I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves here. The Man City defense isn't exactly a Loctite unit either. Yeah. Well, uh, it, it, it and I have seven point one million left. Yeah, you should just. I I don't know where to put it. Back. I don't want to. <laughs> I mean, on principle, I don't want to, but it's. I could. Yeah. I very easily could. I could put. I mean, I can't put Mignolet in because I have three Liverpool players already. I think you can go, you can go to four. Oh, because I have four. I Mignolet, thought it was only three. Mignolet, Gomez, Klein, and Benteke. So, yeah, you can go up to four in Mondogo. The um, Neil Parker is a writer for for us. Uh, he does mostly uh, hockey and baseball, but he wrote a hockey DFS. He does like DFS strategy articles for us, and one of his strategies last year was that in a salary cap format like this which most daily games are spending your entire salary cap is not a necessity that yeah renee doing... renee miller wrote wrote that wrote a cognitive bias book, um, yep. book as well yep. stating the same thing that people think that that they need to spend all this money right and they don't it's an arbitrary amount that's been given to you yeah and and neil kind of uh, compared it to an auction league that you never want to leave an auction with money on the table. But he said, this is not an auction league. You're not bidding against other people. You're not, if you leave money on the table in auction league, it's because you were unable to get somebody because somebody else paid more. But in this, we're all paying the same for all of these guys. And so leaving money, if there are guys you like and that, and you have money left over, so be it that you, once you start trying to grab somebody else and you start tinkering, it's never just one change either. It's like, oh, I yeah. have five million left. Okay, I'll change this guy and I'll spend a little more. And it's like, oh well, actually, if I really wanted this guy, then I have to downgrade this other guy by one, you know, hundred thousand. So I'll just change that, and all of a sudden you have seven different players. And it's like, don't worry about it. You have money left over. I said this on the uh, before we started taping, but. I had a, I have an MLS lineup for Sunday on Mondo Gold that has $10 million left. And it's just like there's – once I start trying to add players just because they're more expensive, that's when you get in trouble. Yeah, it's true. Right after I say I buy Eden Hazard because he's the most expensive. 
I, we don't call you the best in the business for nothing, Andrew. <laughs> and on that note, we will end this episode of the Road Wire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Uh, we got I mean, we, there's only about four or five hours left until the games start. Yeah. This so uh, I, got, I better get to work and I better get to mixing this thing, right? That's right. <laughs> this masterpiece of ours. All right. Uh, talk to you again on Tuesday where we'll be reviewing all of the happenings on and let's see where I spend this 7.1 million pounds sterling this weekend. And good luck to you this weekend. Right back at you. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.